0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Burned at the Stake podcast. I'm Nick, one of the co-hosts. And before we jump into this next episode that Mel and I titled Fuck SCOTUS, I'd like to give a little update on the current landscape in America with regards to reproductive health and access to reproductive health care in America. Since the June 24th, 2022 ruling in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, the ruling that overturned over 50 years of established law in America regarding women's access to vital health care. Nearly 22 million women of reproductive age, that's almost one in three women, are now living in states where abortion is unavailable or severely restricted. State legislators have introduced over 563 provisions to restrict access to abortion, and 50 have been signed into law in this past year. 14 states have near-total abortion bans, and 6 states have implemented abortion bans with limits from 6 to 15 weeks, and Utah has a limit to 20 weeks. They have also introduced legislation that would amount to a near total ban on access to abortion. We all know that abortion bans disproportionately affect marginalized groups. The impact of abortion restrictions are not felt equally across all groups in America. I, as a white woman with education and means, can get an abortion if I need one but currently more than 20 million people have lost their access to abortion care. And research shows that maternal death rates are higher in states that ban or restrict abortion. Roughly 33.3% of people of reproductive age now live over an hour from an abortion clinic. Whereas before that June ruling, the number was only 14.6%. Beyond all of this craziness, um, things like Kansas introducing legislation that requires physicians to talk about abortion reversal, which is not even a medical thing. And other states, such as Ohio, who are seeking to change their constitution because their anti-abortion legislation was found to be unconstitutional in their state. Beyond all of this maneuvering that's going on, this political maneuvering that's happening out there, there's been another shift in the anti-abortion movement regarding the language that's being used. The anti-abortion movement, because they know that Americans want reproductive rights in this country and want people to have access to abortion care have pivoted and decided to start working with the words that we use when talking about abortion bans. The anti-abortion movement is now seeking to use language to soften and win over people that they can't win over by being transparent. Instead of using the word ban, they would like to replace it with a national standard or a national consensus. So instead of a 15-week ban, they want the, the conversation to change to a 15-week national standard. It's gross and it's wrong. These are bans, and we know that. And in addition, let's talk a little bit about Everything else that has gone haywire since this overruling and overturning of Roe v. Wade. In 2023, anti-trans bills are continuing to be introduced at an alarming pace in this country. 560 bills in 49 states have been introduced into legislation. 79 of those have passed. 352 are currently active, and only 129 have failed. We've seen a reversal in affirmative action. We've seen our rights being stripped away. Supreme Court ruling by Supreme Court ruling, and it has got to stop. I could go on for much longer, giving you update after update after update but not all of the news is bad. There have been bills introduced into state legislators to improve abortion access and to protect abortion access. In 2022 and 2023, states such as Colorado, New Jersey, Minnesota, have passed laws with affirmative language to protect our reproductive rights, including abortion access. There are ballot initiatives to protect abortion, A majority of Americans, over 64%, believe that abortion should be legal in most or all cases. And the ballot initiatives across the country have reinforced this. In November of 2022, three states enshrined abortion rights into their state constitutions in California, Michigan, and Vermont. So there is some hope on the horizon. And if we just get out and use our voices and use our vote, We can stop this madness. So without further delay, let's go ahead and jump into Mel and I and our emotional reaction in the days following the overturning of v. Wade. Devil on my left, devil on my
1: right. What if life isn't black or white? I'm a white. Us, it's Mel and Nick with Burned at the Stake. And today we're gonna to talk to you about um, pressing issues in the political climate of the United States. Um, and I think we're gonna handle this as best as we can um, because it's an uncomfortable topic, and we're gonna talk about abortion. Um, And I know for me, it's really uncomfortable and I feel like I'm being very vulnerable and I'm putting myself out there to talk about it. Um, It's not something I share my feelings on out in public. And Nicole does a much better job of it. So I let her be my mouthpiece.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the same level of vulnerability. Um, I'm very vocal about where I am on this issue um and um my feelings about it so I I do come from a very different perspective um yeah I'm mad as hell um have been um it's interesting that um after all of this we knew this fallout was coming um oh, we man. had a lot of advanced notice of it um Mel and I have Um, put together this podcast. We've been talking about this podcast for a very long time. We've done some groundwork. We've recorded some um, of our episodes. Um, And then we've just kind of sat there with this whole podcast, not putting it out there in the world um, and just letting it kind of simmer. And when the ruling came down, that we all knew was gonna come. Um, it reawakened in us in a very deep way, our commitment to this podcast and our commitment to, um, to, to women and serving women and giving women a voice. It really brought us back to the foundation of why we started this whole idea of the podcast, which was to give midwives a voice and to give women a voice. So, um, a little bit different for me in terms of, um, I was already very, very, um, visible with my, my feelings on the, the issue. Um, but I feel like Mel is waking up a little bit in terms of,
1: (laughs) I do want to say that, um, Trigger warning, I guess, probably we should say, because we're two um, women who feel very strongly about women having this. This is an autonomous constitutional right. Um, And so those are our two backgrounds and our feelings on this. And I do want to say that I am open to dialoguing and having the discussion with others because I feel that the that's if it's able to happen from the right place and you're coming and you want to be curious then okay you know but I do um like I said it's uncomfortable and I live in I live in New York so for uh, for me I've never known anything different this is like always and at 49 years old you know I was born in 72 RV Wade was 73 right so we grew up in an atmosphere of this is your right. You have this available to you if you need it. Um, and so I do want to say that for me, um, I tend to keep my political views a little bit closer to my heart. Although everybody knows I'm a left leaning tree hugger. (laughs) So, um, so anyway, but I, I'm going to just do a little backstory on this. So I had no idea the ruling came down and I texted Nicole and Lisa that day. Um, something obscure or something totally it was although it was along the same lines and I'm not gonna it, get into that story. We're not gonna because, get into the story, that's but a private it was story that really affected it was my, very
0: relevant. Relevant?
1: Correct. And so I don't wanna yeah. So there are some things that need to stay private on this podcast, and that will be one. Um, and so, you know, we had a and they thought that I was texting a, about that relevant story and that it was all, you know, everything was good. And B, they thought I knew about the ruling and they were texting about it. And then there is something came in and I went, wait, hold on. The, did you guys see this? And they were like, oh yeah, we thought you knew. And I was baking pies. And I started to bawl. Like I was sobbing in my kitchen. Um... And, and my gut reaction right away was in, in a swell, in a, in a signature on a line from the Supreme Court of the United States, they completely relegated me and put me in my place as a woman to a second class citizen with no rights. And, and man, I was just like, and I was so angry so angry because I, as a privileged white woman with money can get an abortion whenever I want one. I'm just putting this right out there. I also live in a state where this is available to me. Who this is going to affect are already the women who are struggling, the women who are living in abusive relationships that don't have the means and don't have the bravery and the courage and to, to break it's just the the brown and the black women and it just oh it all the way around and then i said to myself too they're not going to stop here and by saying there i mean the, the scotus and FU you scotus um so and and i'm like they're gonna keep coming they're gonna keep coming and taking. Um, and I, oh, I was so angry and I'm still so angry. Um, and then my, you know, my son was like, I walked out and I'm crying. And he was, he was the only one in my house who asked me about it. Um, and, and said, you know, wow, mom, I, this is, this is really tough shit, (laughs) you know? Um, and then it hit me. That as a midwife who will support women in their, what they need for them as a woman, um, I become a target. And that is a really scary feeling to know that I could be at a clinic one day working and somebody could come in and decide to take me out. Um, so there's, there's a lot of emotion in this for me all the way around as a woman, as a midwife, um, as a nurse practitioner, as a, as a mother. Um, and so I, I, we need to address it. And I, and I, like I said, I'm, I'm open. That's the kind of person I am. I'm open to hearing dialogue, but I need it also to be come from people who are able to be curious and open as well, because I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to, we've lost a lot of that in the United States where we can't even have conversations with each other. So um, Nicole told me she was going to let me do all the talking.
0: And I am because I, um, there are a lot of things I'm willing to have a dialogue about um, and be open to. At this juncture where the power shift has been oh, God, so oh. um, disrupted and um, and women have been left in in a place where their destiny is being determined
1: by Old white men, I'll say it.
0: Old white men and the structure that supports old white men thinking. um, I'm less open at this point in time. Um, I do strongly believe in common ground. I absolutely believe in common ground, but in terms of having a discussion so I can better understand your perspective, I don't feel like that's necessary. I feel like I'm actually very well educated on the other perspective of this issue. Um, I don't feel like any further education on the other perspective on this issue is going to move the discussion along at all. I, and, I've, and I've said it, if anyone um, has happened upon anything I've posted, I, I say it right there. I'm not actually interested in your point of view. I'm not interested in changing your mind. I don't care to change your mind. What I want specifically is for me to be able to make healthcare decisions mm-hmm. with my patient. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to change your mind. I don't even understand why changing your mind is a goal. It's not. I, it's
1: not. And I agree with you on that. With the, there's no, I, the, maybe I miss misspoke or whatever, but I don't also, that's not a goal of mine either. Um, but I, I want to be able to provide care as a midwife to my patients, like informed consent, shared decision-making with women. That's about healthcare procedures, About healthcare procedures, right? And that has been ripped away from us.
0: Yeah, and I'm angry from a provider standpoint, like yes. in a way that I've not been angered before. And there's lots of things in midwifery <laughs> that yeah. anger me about the way healthcare is, is done, right? right. Um, but this issue specifically be, because it comes from a power structure. It's a power it's,
1: structure. Yeah, yep. So I... I So what I found very, what I, all right. What I'm finding interesting is um, I listened to, um, I just, I just did a long drive out to Indianapolis. So I listened to podcasts on the way out and my, you know, our favorite Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach and Amanda, sister, um, they did one with Billie Jean King.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that episode.
1: That episode was amazing. So if any of you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Billie Jean King had an abortion in, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say 1970, 71. It was somewhere before in there. RV, it Wade. Was B- yes. R.V.
0: Wade. It was
1: R.V. Wade. And she and her husband had to go before the board of the hospital, which was all men, mind you, the board. And they had to get permission from the board of the hospital for the abortion and they had to get her husband's permission for her to have an abortion. And she said, because this episode was done before um, the recent ruling from SCOTUS, you know, we're going back to that. And we have had a generation of women who don't know what other women went through. And I think we took it for granted.
0: We've taken a lot of things for granted, especially as white women. Um, You know, uh, even say, go back to 2016 and the shock of that election result, um, and how so many of us as white women were in, you know, despair and we were distraught. And you look over to our black and brown sisters with their arms crossed looking at us going, well, welcome to our fucking world. Right. Um, so that original wake up right there, um, we've, we've got an, a whole segment of our society and our midwife sisters who, who have been living in this for a lot longer than we have um, and have been fighting for things a lot longer than we have. And it's all tied Together, It's not it just abortion rights. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all it's of it.
1: all of it. And in order for us to make any kind of change, progressive change, like to address these issues, we've got to start, like Nick and I have talked about this, it's got to be grassroots efforts. Um, this is not getting out and protesting with your side because we, it's money. It's like getting coming after those corporations that's that support the. Uh, I hate to say the. What's the word I'm looking for? You did a good job talking about it on the phone.
0: Oh my goodness! a Conversation we had weeks ago. Yeah, it's grassroots. But it's like it is like, grassroots, and it's it's voting rights, and it's it's, and it's and not it's, reelecting the people yes, who are yes. in support of the current structure. Um, It's the corporations who give their money Mm -hmm. to the people who are in support of the current structure. So, sure, a corporation can come out and say how they're against the ruling and that they're going to help their employees obtain the abortion. But who are they giving their campaign contributions to? Are they, Mm -hmm, on the one mm -hmm. hand, helping you get your abortion should you need it, um, but also keeping the people who are going to um not codify it right in 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 power so it's a complex issue it requires thought but it it does it is something that we can moving forward energize ourselves to take action for yes it's important to protest but protesting in the streets and attending rallies is not going to result in a single Mm -hmm. reversal of any state's anti-abortion laws hitting them in the pocketbook and hitting them in the voting booth will. Yes.
1: Yes. The, so the voting booth, um, again, I'm going to revert back to Glennon Doyle and, and sister did mm-hmm. a phenomenal 40 yes. minute piece on, um, at the, the day after the ruling and broke it all down, broke it down. The history wise broke it down and you know, and she's like, I hadn't thought of it that way, and I'm a very intelligent woman, and I know history, and I know how things go, and she really broke it all down about the power and how the voting laws favor, obviously, the power, which we know in certain states, but now it's really going to favor keeping women out of the voting booth, Um, and so... there there's just so much here, so much. And I don't want to like, I want to rise people up and get them angry, but I think we, we are over the anger and like, we have to move forward to where we need to go. Um, and so uh, do your research, look into it, like where we're going to, I don't have answers now. I don't, we, I'm kind of, I need somebody to point me in the right direction, except my money can go to, you know, organizations that are supporting, um, Women in need that for that, and I'll do my part as a provider. Um, and I also I picked up. I was just talking to Nicole. I picked up the book called *The Scarlet A* by Katie Watson, *The Ethics, Law, and Politics of an Ordinary Abortion*, um, and it's it's pretty heavy. It's pretty deep. It's taking me a little while to work my way through it. Um, but she she comments in here about the storytelling of the ordinary abortion, and that there is still so much stigma around abortion one in four American women have an abortion one in four according to this book I thought I didn't know that was that high honestly and I work in women's health um and she goes on to say that this this it's affected everybody because it affects men it affects women it obviously affects children um everybody around you, because if, you know, you're with a woman who's had an abortion as her partner, that has affected you. Um, maybe your mother had an abortion. So, you know, every part there's one in four, there's so much stigma and we need to start storytelling about it because it's the other, I don't want to say the other side. So I want to get away from that. Um, one of the inflammatory arguments that's used is um oh there's regret there's regret you're going to regret having an abortion and most women don't because it's their right to choose what's right for them at that point in their life um and so this book delves into all this and so I, i read it and i'm like okay wow that's pretty heavy i didn't know that um very interesting. And then I got to put it down for a little bit and I got to digest it again, because I thought I understood it. I didn't, you know, I didn't understand it, uh, to the level that we're at. So, uh, again, because as a woman of 49, I've always just taken this for granted. And now I've got to rethink how I'm going to provide care. And I live in a state that's easy to get it yet. It's not easy to get it. (laughs)
0: So. Right. I mean, even when you have legal access to abortion, yeah. it's still hurdles that you need to to overcome, and a lot of mm-hmm. them are are stigma based, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the issue really does constitutionally come mm-hmm. down to bodily autonomy, mm-hmm. um, and that is our right. Um, it. It's isn't hard for some people to get to body autonomy, bodily autonomy, when they are talking about vaccinations or other topics that are similar. Um, and yet, when it comes to bodily autonomy and abortion, suddenly it becomes a different discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure how um, the argument suddenly shifts so greatly um, in in the minds of those people um, that um, maybe land one place on bodily autonomy for some topics and another for other topics. And that also goes in reverse for the people who are so... Um, pro-choice, but then tend to come down hard on the anti-vaxxers. Um, that also is incongruence with bodily autonomy. So there's room for growth for all people on this topic. And I think if we can please make this topic more about the constitutionality of bodily autonomy, that's where you get your common ground, mm-hmm. Um And that's where you get your understanding. Um, When we can stop um, vilifying people who choose not to vaccinate, when we can get states to um, repeal their laws that won't allow children to attend school without vaccinations, um, then I think we can get to a more conversational place on this topic. Um, But so long as We put everything into camps, so just like camps. That is where we get so rigidly in our thoughts. Um, The the concept of bodily autonomy is valid for vaccination. The concept of bodily autonomy is valid for abortion. And so um, if you truly believe in bodily autonomy, but you're pointing fingers at anti-vaxxers, if you are truly about bodily autonomy, but you're pointing fingers at um, pro-choicers, you're not actually about bodily autonomy. You're about your own agenda. Yep. Yep. 100%. So the conversation really needs to shift away from some of these concepts and these camps that we've been so... Um, embedded into, um, and then we all start to think very similarly. I mean, I am exceedingly pro-choice. I'm also exceedingly pro um, people being able to to accept or not accept vaccines. Um, my kids are running around um, semi-vaxed. I don't know. I, we don't use mine too. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't use healthcare a lot, um, and I'd so beater. it's. And so my kids have gotten some, but not others. And I've probably, I I mean, I just, I don't care if your kid is vaccinated or not. And mine are, I have no idea which ones they've gotten. I Um, don't want to
1: sidetrack this into the vax thing, but like it comes down to bodily autonomy and you're informed and it's informed decision making.
0: Um, So... I truly think that the bodily autonomy piece is the piece that we're going to find yes. the common ground, um, common ground.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that, that we'll, we have to learn to, to live with the the disagreement in maybe I don't see things the same way as somebody else, but I want them to have the autonomy yep. to make the decisions that's best for them I and their agree. body and their family. I
1: agree. Um, and
0: then in terms of, how we get that played out into actual legislation or -hmm. um, all the other things. Like, yeah, well, that's where your voting rights become important. That's where researching where the places you shop and who do they give to. That's where all of that comes into play. Right.
1: I'm looking forward to whoever's going to head that up to get us a list. Somebody out
0: there? <laughs> Somebody Somewhere? out there. I'm in grad school again. Research. I don't have time to research <laughs> yeah. what companies. Research. But there are Wait. there are safe lists out there already. There are apps you can put on your yes. phone to, yes. to check. Um, there are people out there doing the work There's, for you. So if you do a little bit of digging, you can find what the the political contributions are of the places right. where you go to most frequently. Um, and then sometimes it's, it's tough because... I mean grocery shopping wise i'm in florida so you know everybody gives to the conservative candidates and i'm gonna have to shop at those places from time to time that um, give to places i don't i'm not i know it's like
1: it's like nestle for me you know with as a lactation consultant they're so into (laughs) formula and they're like killing babies in africa so it's like (laughs)
0: Like, but, you know, sometimes I need a candy
1: bar made from Nestle. So.
0: You know, but we did it in the 80s with Apartheid. We were yes. able to make a difference with our dollars and where we put our money. And we were able to put pressure on corporations not to do business in South Africa. We have a history of being able to to do this and we just need to do it now. And so,
1: I I want to touch on one more thing before we close this out. Um, my concern as to where we're headed in the future with this, uh, because, like I said, I think there this is this only the start. I think there's other repeals going to happen, and we've. As of this podcast, you know the, the one of the ones that's being talked about is gay marriage. Um, another one that's being talked about being repealed is the contraception, the right to contraception. So those are two things. but I also have have the states that are trigger laws and they've outlawed you know out out and outright banned abortion from five weeks on. Um given any thought to what this is going to cost them in the long run. Yeah, I just like to me, like I'm flat, I'm just going forward. I'm like, there's there's gonna be the costs for this downstream. Maternal morbidity and mortality downstream.
0: Yeah, we're going to see a definite rise.
1: Infants in the NICU. Infants
0: downstream. Infants born addicted. Yes. Um, Yeah. Infants who grow up privileged in a great middle class setting um, with a mom who's chronically depressed Mm -hmm. because she went through a pregnancy that she didn't intend to. Um, This is a women's health issue. Women are already suffering from so much depression, so much anxiety. Um, And to just lay this at the feet of women as one more thing that you're just going to have to smile and nod about is not okay.
1: We're already Uh, exhausted.
0: And so I'm geared up and I'm ready to do battle and I'm ready to... Fight to get this right back and never have to fight for it again. Um, but yeah, it's exhausting.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm in it to the fight for. I'm in it. So that was. That's what we wanted to talk about today. And I'm sorry. If, well, I'm not. No, you know what? I'm not sorry. That this is a heavy topic because it needed to be talked about and addressed. I don't really feel like anybody is, honestly. The first only podcast I listened to on it was Glennon or Amanda's that did it. No, but I don't,
0: yeah.
1: Brene Brown hasn't come out talking about it. Um, actually, she's been kind of quiet lately, she's
0: on hiatus. I think they took a summer break on oh, her for them. podcast. Um, um, so, but no, I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of, um, a lot of. People being vocal, but a lot mm-hmm. of also silence on the, the topic of whether that's because they're mourning and and in a place of quiet and contemplation and trying to um come up with next moves, or women are just being silenced. I don't know.
1: Yeah, or fear. Fear too fear. for talking. So
0: Yeah. But I know it re-energized us and made us um, really get to a place where we are ready to put ourselves out there and share our journeys with you, our midwife journeys, our mm-hmm. midlife journey.
1: Yep. Yep. I, I, okay, one more thing. So as, as far as storytelling, um, I, I've I've never had an abortion, so I don't know for me personally, you know i haven't had to experience that although i've had friends that have that i've supported through it um so i can say that it, it you know at how old was i 18 i just graduated high school and working at a yogurt place y'all remember that tcby frozen yogurt right okay um and i was pregnant i had a positive pregnancy test never really told anybody this story so i'm putting it out there Um, and the person, the sperm donor at the time was not anybody that would have made a good father. (laughs) So, um, and I did end up having a miscarriage, Uh, you know, I didn't know at 18, that's what it was, but you know, a week later. Right. So, but I, it was, I was contemplating at that point, like, okay, I need to, you know, have an abortion because this is not, good for my life at the time at 18 um, and where I was headed. So it, it definitely, um, I had the right at 18 to be able to make that decision to make that choice and go get it done if I had to. Um, so I know that's, like I said, that's my, my little bit on it, but I have counseled and supported patients and friends um I have thought about becoming a runner and just going and picking people up and then having them at my house for a BNB so we can do them in New York. But I don't know yeah. the legalities of all that. Um,
0: I don't actually care so about the it's, legalities it's, of it either. I am so ready to So
1: ready. I'm ready to help. do some I am ready to do some sketchy shit. I'm telling <laughs> you,
0: Well, I mean, let's talk for a second about um, some of the initial response that was seen in the social media world about, well, it's a state's rights issue and you can just go to another state. And we all knew, those of us who um, pay attention, knew, one, that was bullshit. Um, But also we knew what the next move was going to be because we had seen and heard Mm -hmm that um, talk of it and sure enough yeah now states are moving to penalize people who leave their state which i thought you had just got done saying they now just had the right to go someplace else and do it Um, but now we're going to penalize and criminalize going across state lines so your whole argument about it being a states rights issue is bullshit um and um I don't care what penalties you put in place for providers um, and for people who help. I am going to continue to help women have access to the health care that they need.
1: Agreed. I think we're going to wrap it up with that. Until next time. (laughs) I'm Nick. (laughs) And I'm Mel. We're madly in love with each other.
0: (laughs) And have a good week, everybody. Do something this week that brings you joy. Because in the dark times that we're in, joy is what is going to see us through to the other side. Take care. Bye-bye.